Hi, this is Sierra Webster, sports reporter at the Daily Emerald, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow, and with me is Sierra Webster. What's up? Not much. We're talking Oregon women's basketball. They play tonight at 8 o'clock Pacific. It's currently 5.52 p.m. Tuesday, November 6th. And we're going to get into this season a little bit later. Let's talk a little bit about last year. The team made a run to the Elite Eight, lost to Notre Dame, who went on to win it all. A really, really strong Notre Dame team. That's number one in the AP poll. Oregon number three. Big takeaway from last year has to be for Oregon going into this year, the transfers. They lost a lot of players. Ina Ayuso, not necessarily a transfer. She went pro. She's playing in Spain now. Uh, Annalie Maley went to TCU. Mallory McGuire, which was the big surprise, I think, of, of all of the changes. I don't know if you agree with me or not, Sierra, but for me, that was the biggest shocker of them all because she was getting consistent play time. Kind of like a sixth man almost. And yeah, first one off the bench for sure. Yeah, and so that was a big shocker. She goes to Boise yeah. State, and uh, that's a bit of a drop-off from Oregon as well. So that was a shocker. And Sierra Camposano, who was a huge recruit and a huge get for Oregon out of San Diego, and she ends up at Cal Poly now. So those were huge losses, but they also lost some grads and starter Lexi Bando and then Justine Hall, who was coming off the bench frequently to get a few minutes here and there. Not a huge impact player, but these changes, certainly a huge impact on the season, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially with, I think, McGuire being gone as the person. I mean, when Lexi Bando was out for all those games in the middle of the season, McGuire was the one who came off the bench uh, to take her place. And so losing Bando and then also losing McGuire, that sixth man, kind of leaves a position to be filled. And Ayuso was huge, not huge, but... Uh, was significant in the Pac-12 tournament, um, had some really beautiful plays, a lot of popularity with Oregon fans. Just the world, too, on yeah, Twitter. She yeah. went viral with <clears throat> ankle-breaking plays. And you look at Ayuso as well, like you mentioned, but yeah, McGuire, they had that adjustment. Almost forgot about that even. But Satu Sabali starting with Ru- with Ruthie and with Mallory, and it mm-hmm. was a really, really big lineup. And Sabrina with Maite in the backcourt still, but Lexi's injury was okay. Like, Oregon survived it. Yeah, McGuire totally stepped up, and they had to, like, make some shifts, like you were saying, in the lineup, right, because they don't have that, the three points from Bando, but they have, like, a lot more height in the post area, so they totally adjusted, and she had all of those starting games right there in the center. Still walked. Yeah, incredible, but Lexi Bando, definitely the biggest loss going into this year, I think. Absolutely. But that was one that everyone saw coming. Mm -hmm. She graduated, and the senior, she ended up, I I don't want to get this wrong, I don't have it in front of me, but most three-pointers in Oregon history, I believe. Mm. Something incredible. Just the most efficient three-point shooter in an Oregon Duck uniform. Yeah, almost 50% from three-point line. Yeah, it was like 44% or something. Yeah, 46, something like that. Yeah, incredible stuff from... From the UG native, like yeah. the local, everyone's fan favorite. Loved her, yeah. But that change has actually led to something new. Aaron Boley, yes. who transferred in, and you just wrote a story we'll be publishing in our Duck Season magazine. You can pick up on newsstands next week, I think. Two weeks from now? Not sure. We'll get you the date. <laughs> I think it's the 12th. I'm not entirely sure. 
I'll let you know. <laughs> but Aaron Bowley, she slides into that, and she's a three-point shooter. She practiced with the team last year, so it's really yeah. not a huge drop-off. I yeah. think that's huge. And Kelly Graves spoke about that a little bit with practice, at least. They were able to get her into that role and comfortable, and I think she's going to be big. What, what are you getting from her vibe-wise? Well, I mean, she also she spent the summer and the spring in the 3 by 3 National Championship and then World Cup with all Ducks, so Ionescu, Hubert, and Gildan. Um, so not just was she practicing with them all last summer, but she actually has some real game time competition with three, no, two of the starting line. Yeah, I think she'll be huge in that she will likely be able to, yeah, I think she'll be huge because she'll be able to, in some ways, replace Lexi um, outside the arc with her three-point shooting, but also she has, like, five inches on Bando. She's um, just, like, a bigger body, bigger presence, um, and has the opp- opportunities to trans- to transition, has the opportunities to transition into the post or high post, and just being a bigger body than Bando, more rebound opportunities. She fulfills some of what Oregon loses from Bando, but brings something, like, a little extra for the team. Yeah, and I, I think you look at Lexi Bando, five foot nine. You mentioned that six foot two, for Aaron Bowley. That's a huge, huge height difference. A big change, and I think something Oregon's going to have to take advantage of this year. And you mentioned that three v three tournament, and Oregon represented the U.S. That's fantastic for them, and that gives a lot more chemistry building. And we'll see how that affects them. But Taylor Chavez, the only freshman right now on the team who can play, because Niara Savali. The sister of Santu Sabali, now a sophomore, gets injured in one of I think it was the U seventeen, U eighteen FIBA World Cup this past summer. For Germany, yeah. For Germany, and she there's her ACL is out for the season and now it's just Taylor Chavez, the the only freshman. And that's gotta be so intimidating for her, but that's the only freshman on this team. It leaves it really shallow. Just nine players will We'll dive into that a little more later, but it'll be interesting to see where Chavez's role comes in. But there's also Morgan Yeager, who was injured last season and redshirted her true freshman year. So now as a redshirt sophomore, she's going to be in there. And Kelly Graves says that her defense is what is her best attribute. She locks down on defense, and I think that's something Oregon needs because Maite Cazorla has been that defensive presence mm-hmm. for the last, I guess, three years, yeah, four years yeah. now. It'll be this year, but Morgan Yeager can carry that on and that could be big for them but that's going to bring up a smaller roster I don't know how the Ducks will do with just nine players right yeah. now and they I thought they would add some some transfers Kelly Graves I asked him about that at one of the availabilities the first one yeah like, are you going to bring anyone in this is only nine teams and he said I just got off the phone with Gino Ariema at UConn they know how to play with a small roster now I'm tempted to just keep it small yeah. and now it is small so Oregon playing with a small roster which Notre Dame and UConn have had success with doing, but Oregon's had injuries every year. It'll be interesting to see how they change that up, but what are you expecting from some of those players who haven't really played much yet for Oregon at all, like Taylor Chavez, the freshman, and Morgan Yeager, the redshirt sophomore? Yeah, I think that Yeager's presence on defense will be something that the team can definitely benefit from, but I also think that Lydia Giomi will be huge for the Ducks this year. Um, she has been injured a lot in her time at Oregon, um, talking about having players who are injured. But I think even her coming off the bench as someone who has experience, who has been to the NCAA tournament with the Ducks, 
also has something to add. Yeah, Morgan Yeager last year with a back injury. Lydia Giomi, I think, has broken her foot, her hand, her wrist. It, I, I can't even remember now how many different pieces to her have come under illness in, in some way, shape, or form. But it feels like that's a, a constant for her. And yeah. if she can stay healthy this year, that's another really tall player. And this team has been tall. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's any surprise to people, but she's six foot six. She is the tallest player on this team now. And when you have the height, of course, of Satu Sabali at six four and Maruthi Hebert at six four, this team is still tall. It's still going to have that presence. And when you have a player like Ruthie Hebert, of course, putting 33 consecutive baskets away like she did last year, which is an NCAA record, men or women. It was wild. That was crazy to cover that last year. And yeah. You, you were covering that. I was covering that. And I mean, just to be around the team at that point, you knew something was special there. And yeah. now you see this kind of unfold. And you get Lydia Giomi. She could come in and essentially replace what Mallory McGuire was for Oregon last mm-hmm. year. Bowley can also do that to some extent. Can I, their offense may look similar to what it did when Bando is out. And so I think both Bowley and Giomi kind of coming in and filling that position as like a taller, bigger presence. Also, when Hebert had that 33-shot streak, um, watching and Matthew Knight was incredible because every time she would take a shot, everyone would like hold their breath, like collectively, like oh, yeah, you could feel it in the arena. Is this gonna be the one? Um, and I remember when she did finally miss one, everyone just kind of sighed, like oh, it's but then over. They stood and applauded, yeah. and that was a cool yes, moment. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. So with this number three ranking for Oregon, yes, that is a really tall order for this team. Yes. When Notre Dame and UConn are the only teams better than you on the rankings right now, that puts Final Four expectations, at this point, expected by everyone else, too. This is a huge step for the program, but it's also a huge bit of pressure for them as well. Do you think they can handle it at this point? Yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about how in years past, they've always had a younger roster. So they've had sophomores or freshmen or only a couple of upperclassmen, you know, with um, Hebrid and UNESCO being juniors, uh, Kazorla, a senior, they don't really have that excuse anymore. They don't have that. The pressure's just on. The pressure's higher for them to actually come out and do what the AP thinks they're capable of with a number three ranking. Yeah, that's a huge order for them. And I look at that as something this team is going to have to try and hold on to. And they have some big games coming up this Non-conference schedule, number 18 currently, Syracuse, and number six, Mississippi State, both on home court. Yeah. So that's a huge advantage for Oregon, which has been exceptional on its home court. But that's going to be a pair of games that'll be tough. And Syracuse can be really tricky for Oregon. They're playing Alaska Fairbanks, and that's their only game they're playing before. Yeah, yeah. That could be play a big factor in the travel and the lack of uh, intensity from the opponent. I think that could really affect Oregon. But at the same time, it's going to feel like a home opener. It's probably going to be a huge, huge attended game. It's not conflicting with Oregon football's game, I believe. I think football's at five and the basketball's at two, or is it they're both at two? Are they both at two? One's at two, one's at two thirty. Oh, wow. That's even worse. So Maggie Venoni here in studio helping out. But 
Okay, so that's even worse, but it'll probably help because they're away at least, so at least there's that. But Syracuse is going to pose a big threat. Mississippi State is going to be big. They're the national champions from two years ago. It didn't. I'm trying to look it up right now. Didn't Oregon lose Mississippi State? Or is that something? Did I make that up? They lost to UConn in that run. They played Louisville last year. Okay, yeah. I don't I'm think confused. they've played. I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, you look at the opponents and Stanford as well later in the season. That's going to be big. But UCLA's dropped off because Jordan Canada and Monique Billings going away. WBA. Yeah. And Canada winning the national championship. She Incredible. wins the finals with Seattle. Storm. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that uh, just here as we wrap up soon. But tough opponents. Yeah. And actually, I figured it out. I'm pretty sure Oregon lost to the Mississippi State Bulldogs in preseason play last year, 90 to 79. Okay. There you go. Where was that? I wrote it in a story, but I know that it got from somewhere. That was in Mississippi, right? Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. That was a number five Mississippi State team. It's now a number six Mississippi State team. Yes. Still a really high-ranked team, but this time it's going to be on home court, and that's going to be during winter break for students, so maybe not as highly attended by fans, but December 18th, the matchup, and that'll be a big one, and that could be the one for Oregon that really cements that number three ranking for anyone that doubts it. And uh, you look at this team, it's international experience. Yeah, their whole starting line have played for national teams and overseas and everything. Yeah, you got UNESCO and Hebert playing for USA. You have and Boley, Boley as well. That's right, of course, and and Satu Saboli for Germany, and Mike Gazzola for Spain. And mm-hmm. this team still is able to communicate despite everyone being <laughs> from everywhere else. All of the different languages, totally. That just incredible to see how they mesh together and watching them play like that. But we'll see how Satu Saboli comes out in a, her second season because yeah. she was really that breakout star Pac-12 freshman of the year last year and that's going to be something to keep an eye on but national positions awards you have written down right now on our script Sierra Ionescu Saboli Hebert they're all on the watch lists for that mm-hmm. and last year Ionescu the guard of the year Hebert the power forward of the year you think Satu gets it for this year we'll have to see but I do know that if Ionescu or Hebert win they join like really legendary people who have won twice including like Sue Bird who won three times so I think to be named twice but also to win twice back to back is would be a huge deal it would and Oregon looking for final four after two years straight of elite eight appearances and you can read about the Ducks their journey this season dailyemerald.com pick up the paper as well we'll have them in print for you all year long and We'll be covering, Sierra and I will be covering that Syracuse game on Saturday. The date, I think the 10th, right? My math isn't great. Yep, the 10th. 2 p.m. 2 p.m. at Matthew Knight Arena. But read about that game at at DailyEmerald.com. We're going to have some stories published this week. Sierra's writing about Aaron Boley, and I'll have a story about the expectations of this team this year with upperclassmen leading the way in what's been a change for Oregon basketball on the women's side having been such a young team the past few years. Well, thanks for listening to the Oregon Women's Basketball Podcast on the Emerald Podcast Network. It's our first time we've done one. Heck yeah. It's a great thing that we have it. You can go and read about it. Like I said, dailyemerald.com. You can go and there's a nice little sidebar. You can click on this podcast and more. SoundCloud, Apple, and Spotify. 
as well. Apple Podcasts, Ryan. Thanks to Ryan Nguyen for producing this podcast as well. I'm Sean Meadow, Sierra Webster, Maggie Vanoni over in the corner, keeping an eye on this one as well. Yeah, we'll have more podcasts throughout the basketball season, but Oregon, tip in two hours. We'll be watching. Thanks for listening.